one shot at a time. Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast. We are here at Liberty Mountain Resort in Carroll Valley, Pennsylvania, joined by uh, head pro Gavin Green. Uh, Gavin, first off, I think we want to thank you for having us out on the course today. Uh, we were, you know, for December 23rd to get out on the course. And, <laughs> not too uh, shabby, right? Not too shabby. We actually were sweating it up a little bit out there, I was. Right? We had the Santa hat on, and uh, I, was, I was sweating some bullets out there on the back nine. So <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty sweet to have this kind of weather uh, late, in the, uh, late in the season like this. In so. Pennsylvania, like this is called a bonus day. You don't get a lot of these. Absolutely. Uh, and for those who don't follow us on Instagram or anything like that and didn't see the content we put out, there are – uh, plenty of skiers and snowboarders on the other side of the mountain today, uh, mucking it up in the in the snow and everything. So to be on the golf course today, out of all days, was pretty uh, pretty good blessing. It's one of the unique things that we offer here at the property. It's actually really cool. You know, January, February might be a little too cold to get your diehard golfers out there, but like March or December, like we got today, when you get one of those nice bonus days with weather like this, you will. You'll get people skiing, snowboarding. Meanwhile, like 50 feet away, you got people firing tee shots in the 18, man. It's, it's pretty sweet. Absolutely. I know Logan and I grew up around this area, and uh, we've, we've done it a lot of times in the past where we've seen Christmas Eve kind of come through, and, and we've been out in the golf course uh, getting those last swings in before uh, family festivities around, <laughs> around the Christmas time. So you never know what you're going to get with South Central Pennsylvania. Nope. So, uh, you know, let's go over our round a little bit. Uh, our early, our early couple holes saw some uh, some concrete conditions out of the greens uh, today. <laughs> Number three, rock hard. Yeah. Um, that hole primarily sits in the shade most of the year, regardless of the time. So, uh, with cold temps coming in, you can expect it to be frozen. I think you said. I'm pretty certain pretty sure two days ago it was like 15 degrees out where we're at. So yeah, it's a little frozen. To go from 15 to 56 in just a couple of days, it's yeah. a huge jump. So. Take advantage of the bonus days when we can, but I think Dalton he had me down by quite a few on that front nine. I don't want to talk about it. Taking it, it to me because I lost the lead. I lost the lead quick, and there's not too many times I, I get a lead. So to watch a few fan shots hit the uh, hit hit the ice skating rink that was the pond on number ten uh, was a little disheartening. <laughs> But, yeah, no, it was uh, from tee to green, I mean, in December, it was an absolute pleasure to play out there. And I think, uh, you know, anyone that says a golf course is in mint condition in December, I'd, I'd question their uh, integrity on the East Coast. But um, especially out there, I mean, man, with as much precipitation as we've had, and it seems like everything has just filtered correctly into the right spots. And it was, uh, it was a pleasure to play, as always. I think just the, in, the layout of the course is always fun, you know. Yeah years um, there's been a lot of new additions to the course with renovations to the clubhouse and obviously the ski resort so to see that change and, and grow and develop over the past few years has been really awesome to see but one of the biggest things that i had noticed the course struggled with was the bunkers we're not always in the greatest yeah. shape but i think you guys just renovated them within the past year I did two seasons ago yeah it's one of the things when like so take it back almost 10 years now, I guess, 2010, when Carroll Valley was purchased by the adjacent resort, for those of y'all not familiar with the property, yep. Liberty Mountain. Um, they really have made a conscious effort into trying to reinvest into the golf course between renovating the hotel rooms that are right there on the putting green to the actual, the largest renovation you're gonna find is that Highland Lodge property that we're in right now, Absolutely. obviously. But even the on-course stuff, like put in dual line tour irrigation system, brand new cart pads, brand new cart fleet, 
and then uh, two years ago the uh, the bunkers. And what causes that? You know, every customer that plays here or stays here gets a survey, and like that is perfect example that we listen to those surveys because we were getting beat up by the condition <laughs> of the bunkers, and rightly, deservedly so. Yep. And so you took it to the board, and boom, new bunkers. Yeah, sweet. Um, it's unfortunate that you've redone those bunkers. It cost me a lot of strokes today. <laughs> they were uh, no, they were surprisingly uh, full and fluffy all day long, yeah. and uh, that's not something you see out of many courses. And it's something that I know guys that play golf like yeah. Logan and I, and I'm sure Dante as well. Um, we play golf all the time, so we appreciate good bunkers like that. But it's it's tough to ex expect that or play it when you're not expecting mm -hmm. it because a lot of places are just hard pan and, and don't have that kind of quality bunkering. The best thing about those bunkers are, is the way that they drain. Yep. So, like, two years ago, we had the wettest summer on record, and the bunkers had just gone through this renovation, and they were literally the driest thing on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Which, if you had come here the season prior, the course would be bone dry, and there would be bunkers out there that still had, you know, like a foot of water in there. I mean, like, what yeah, the heck's right. going on? Yeah. So that part that they did with the drainage, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that was awesome. I was telling, I think we were even playing with you when I said it. It was, uh, it was something like there was not a wet spot of, of, of true puddling kind of water yeah. in any of those bunkers today, and I thought that was remarkable with as wet as the rest of the course was. Um, so, I mean, Dante, do you um, do you have any input on your uh, your side of things as far as your experience with uh, the golf course and how it played? Uh, I know you you said you took a, a buddy's trip here a couple years ago and, and really enjoyed your experience. Yeah. So first and first, uh, first and foremost, if I didn't have to be stuck at work and didn't use all my days during the summer, I'd be sitting with you guys right now. Uh, <laughs> I watched that story all day and wanted to just, uh, like I say, but no, I think actually we did the, you know, there's a group that went out there everywhere, uh, every year. It's a bunch of masonaries. I think we, I went out with them in 2017. So I think it was the year where they had the wettest summer. So the course was a little on, a little on the wet side, but from what I remember, I, I mean, I had a blast and I think it was the, the resort and the hotel complex was, like up it's like new um i don't know how how new it was do you remember, do you remember when, when you came, came and who you came with yeah i'm trying to think of his name i'm trying um i can't think of it at the top of my head let me uh you said uh you said summer 17 though 2017 i believe so yeah yeah, yeah just, just we're, we're gonna yeah. test my test, test my, my customer, customer recollection, recollection here, here just because, because yeah, yeah, that's, yeah one that's one of the things, things that we do here, here. Our, our, our guests that are that coming, are coming just, just like you said, said you were with that group of guys every year well, we, well have, we have guys that yeah, have the same, same dates. dates. They, they want the want same, same hotel, hotel rooms. rooms. They, they eat at the same dinner time. time. They have the same tea time. time. So, so it'll just, it'll be, just be interesting to see who you came with, see if I can rattle off the group leader. I think, I'm trying to think who the group leader is. That's what I'm thinking about. But I think we're on the same page of thinking of the same group because they always get that nice nice dinner meal at the end, pretty much on that one night near the end of the trip. They do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're always playing as much as they want. They play golf. like They do two rounds. Oh, basically yeah. uh, when they're here and you know coming to that a buddy of mine as well who decided to do the trip for the first year we played so the trip actually is friday saturday sunday we made that trip the previous saturday sunday we played our courses because i am along with the ron jaworski golf 
so I had, we have all these assortment of courses. These came, we played our courses. We went out to Downingtown, then we went out to Honey Run, and then we went to Penn National, and then we finally came to Carroll Valley. And they're like, That's "This a is the trip, trip right there, boys. Like, the trip. There it is. Let me so, know when you book that next year. I want in." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking two rounds almost every day. So when the time I got to Carroll Valley, I was exhausted. So I played my absolute <laughs> worst golf during the trip. So to speak on Carroll Valley, it probably wasn't my best of trips because I played like absolute crap. But I would, after watching you guys play today, I was actually remembering a lot of a few of the holes. I remember one, I remember that uh, par three coming up off the back nine. I remember the 18th hole. I do remember that. Uh, it, it just shows how much golf I've been playing over the years. To I really had to think about and pull up the course on Google Maps just to kind of get a feel as to where, where you guys were on the story. Yeah, and, and it was, it funny, was funny too. Like the same thing, thing for me. For me. I, I hadn't had played, played here in probably, probably a couple, couple years. years. Now, growing, growing up, up here, I, I, I played, played here a good bit when I was a kid and stuff, and, and, and here in the adjacent course Mountain View. But um, it's, it's funny, funny how, how when you when you, when you step, step up to a tee box, it's like no matter how golf or how much golf you haven't played at that particular course, if you played there a lot when you were a kid, you step up somewhere and I remember this shot. You know, you turn the corner and it's like, oh, I remember this hole. My favorite part, part of the course, of the course is, is what my what dad my always dad used to always dub as Amen Corner in Carroll Valley. Valley is, is the 13th and 14th hole makes a horseshoe horse turn, and kind of from 14, 14 in, it's a straight, straight shot, shot, you know, you know race, race, race back, back to 18. 18 and, um, I always I remember just, just matches between, between my dad, dad and I. We would, you know, no matter how close or it was or it wasn't, it was always, it was game on from 14 and in, and it was always a memorable point of the course. And I think it's an exciting part for me coming back here to kind of get get through that turn. And at that point, I was giving the match over to Isaiah. It was pretty neat to kind of walk back there and see that part of the course again. But today, it was great to get through there and start up a lot of memories childhood, playing with Dalton and Marlon, his father. And even walking the course with my dad, my dad and his friends, friends uh, as we grew, we grew up, up played there. there. Um, we, um, also we also dubbed it the main main corner, corner because it's the farthest away from the course. And like Dalton said, it makes a quick course you back and it's a race, race in the clubhouse. But uh, as we were enjoying the walk today, it wasn't so much a race as it was just enjoying the time with friends and playing with Gavin and Matt. Uh, Gavin, Gavin, are, are there any stretch holes out on the course that, that you deem to be your favorite? That stretch that you guys are talking about, man, like it, yeah. that is quite a finish. One, it's a test. If you're not playing well, be like, well, let me see if I can at least piece it together these Absolutely. last four holes. Yeah. Or if the worst is when you're playing well, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, I just got to get through it. If I can get through 14 and 15, maybe I need a bogey on 16 because 16 is a brutal hole as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then 17 gives you a little bit of reprieve. Yeah, Rich Reward par five, yeah. finishing on 18 tight. We lucked out today yeah. because one of the features <laughs> of this golf course is the wind. Absolutely. Yep. It like Valley, Carroll Valley, that's not a lie. Like we're in between two mountains. You got Jack's Mountain on the one side, yeah. you got Liberty Mountain on the next. And so you're in that valley in the wind. When you hit 10, typically it's always in your face. Yeah. And you're like, well, at least when I turn on the 14, you know, I'll at least be playing those holes downwind. And then immediately once you get on that tee box it's back in your face you're like, seems what somehow, in the world way. just happened yep. it's because of that valley and the way the wind swirls and cuts around it's just a feature of the golf course it makes it so brutal absolutely and it's crazy to think too it's like you know i always think that the first 14 15 holes are a great test of golf in their own 
but then you get 16, like you said, that's just an absolute brute. You can't see the, you can't see the green from the tee box. Then when you get down to the fairway, you can barely see where the pin's at. It's kind of a crapshoot, you know, unless you have a range finder of really judging the yardage uh, because it kind of plateaus right above you. But it's, it is, it's such a challenging hole and, and you can risk it for the biscuit as we say on 17, but it's like, Man, if you don't hit a good sh second shot there, you're you're fighting yeah. for par on 17. A lot too. of placement on 17. Absolutely, um, and 18 is just. I mean, we played it from all the way back today, and what 225, something like that. I mean, right. just an absolute bull of a par three. So while it sometimes can be downwind and a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air, it's it's a battle coming in. I feel like the other feature of those greens too is the undulation, like. They really yeah. hit 15. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when I'm riding around the golf course. I have customers, and they'll be on 15 reading it, and, like, they'll ask me to stop and take a look, and I'll look at them, and they never believe me. Like, right. when I tell them, like, no, man, like, really, you want to go up there? Like, no way. It, it can't break that much. And then when they do, it, like, the look on their face, like, whoa. Yeah. From a couple places of having just, like, having a caddy before in, like, different instances across the nation, it's, like, first couple holes, like, you just don't want to believe them. Like, you're like, no way that breaks that much. And then, like – by the fourth and fifth hole, you're trusting every dang thing they say because a lot of these places where you think you just read them well and they and they pop up with another eight to ten inches of break, it's like, you know, having that home course advantage is always something that's tough to get through to some strangers that, you know, don't know you very well. But I've always learned that if someone knows the home course, man, take the word on it because nine times out of ten, it's, it's, it's going to be the correct call. So I guess getting from that into, you know, we're, we're in the holiday season now and um, one, one thing we always talk about is, you know, we travel home for, for the holidays from, you know, Isaiah yeah. from Georgia and myself from Southern Maryland. Um, do you see a lot of people coming through and either booking packages or, or being around the golf course this time of year, if we have good weather, or is it more on the side of like the ski and, it, and board side of things? It's the ski and board side yeah. of things. Like once, once you get that cold weather and once they turn the snow guns on, it's like you can get that snow drift all the way into Gettysburg, you know, 10 miles away <laughs> yeah. when they start firing those guns up. And it, it just, people get to thinking about the ski. And, sure. You know, that's our big goal is if, if we can be open that Christmas week, it's awesome. Like the resort's humming, you know, kids out there learning how to ski and, and snowboard for the first time. It, it, it's a pretty cool place. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, I guess, going off of that, how much package golf do you see during the, you know, the prime season? And, and how, many, how many packages or people can you host within the local lodging that, that kind of are right off your, your practice putting green and kind of right there on the course? So we have um, 117 rooms on the property now. So the largest group that I have, I have a group um, of guys that come in September. Um, they typically have between like 78 to 84 when they fluctuate. Wow. Yeah, they, like they go under the name of Bears. Um, it's an awesome group of guys. And uh, we got some pretty competitive golfers out there too. So they, they made a nice little addition to our seven iron game that we had today. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for anyone out there who doesn't follow us on Instagram or, or any of the social medias, we, uh, we've started a thing within our Enjoy the Walk crew and, and kind of every time we go somewhere and feature their course, uh, the last part of five of the day, we do a, a seven iron challenge and uh, it's a seven iron from tee to green and you even putt with your seven iron. So um, it brings out the artists in, uh, in, in the game and, you know, you get some short game shots. Like uh, I know I had one today from the bunker yeah. that uh, I laid, I laid her wide open and, and cut right under it. And it almost uh, spun about eight, nine feet back uh, right across the pin. So you get fun stuff like that. And uh, it's just a fun way to kind of break it up and, 
leave people laughing when, yeah. when we finish out of the golf. It was definitely a fun game. Like I said, I think some guys from that group, I think, would really enjoy something like that. Um, with those guys, though, I mean, you're talking 84. I also have groups that are just one person. Like, the guy comes up and his girlfriend goes to the spa while he goes and plays. So, it's just that one-person yeah. golf package. It doesn't matter. Like, they'll call and be like, do you do packages for somebody for a group that small? And be like, of course. Like, we just want you to come and enjoy the property, yeah, see what we have to offer. So, when you have groups like that and everything in between, I mean, you're talking, you know, ladies groups from country clubs are doing their, you know, their fall trip here. Mm-hmm. Um, you got couples groups. You got that large group I'm talking about. Yeah. It, it's all the place. You know, I really like 4th of July because we get a lot of repeat guests that come um, that are families. Because the 4th of July festivities up here at Liberty are really cool. That's in conjunction with um, Carroll Valley and Fairfield. You guys absolutely I mean, grew up here. Like, I guarantee you this is yeah. where you watch your fireworks. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, and not even just 4th of July, but I know you guys are having festivities here uh, coming up New Year's Eve. And um, being someone who just used to work on your tubing side of things, I mean, this place puts on an amazing display of fireworks for every event. And it's uh, it's always been fun. It's been the staple of a lot of, uh, you know, holidays for my childhood has been Liberty, Liberty Mountain fireworks. So. That, that New Year's Day celebration they do up here at Liberty, it's kind of that culmination of that, you know, week that everyone's been off school and stuff. Yeah. And it is, you know, between the fireworks and the different, you know, dinner events they have, the, the, the night tubing. And when you're tubing, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you get it. You, oh, were, yeah. you were tubing, man. Oh, so yeah. you're doing night tubing, you're firing down, and then all of a sudden the fireworks go off. Like, oh, it's, it's sweet. It's awesome. And we've had so many people that are like, man, we've done tubing before, but nothing like this. Yeah. And it's like, because like, New Year's Eve, it's we get the music bumping on the mountain, and all the speakers are turned up as loud as they can go, and it's a party. And and I think that's what's really cool about it. And I, and I almost wish we did more because it's a it's a sweet experience, you know. It's a, you, you might, but our neighbors uh, probably don't. Yeah, yeah. I like loud music. I like the party. So cool. You talking about seeing regulars on a, on a basis like that? Is there is there any stories of of like a regular group other than you know maybe that group of eighty five that you just love? seeing come back every year and, and that have provided some good stories for you yeah like some of the stories you know we, we kind of got to keep this you know in, in the pg rating we don't want to go too advanced here but no i do and when all the staff gets together you can definitely hear some stories i don't want to single out any one group just because you know it's great to see them every single year you look forward to it and like yeah. You know, you'll get a group and it, like if they have like a date conflict and they're unable to make it, like it's sad to, to have them not be there. Like right. the, the email is always going out and be like, man, that's that stinks that we're not going to see you this you know, last weekend in April. But I mean, again, we're limited on space. I was talking about 117 rooms, but not all those are going to be allocated to golfers. You know, on top of that, we got wedding business. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to end up doing like 91 weddings this year, I believe. Oh, I think man. it's that much. I might be a little off on that. Like, don't quote me on that number but i know that it's up there well i can only imagine with the new facilities here that it's just really ramped up your wedding venue kind of space weddings and conferences and then the golf groups so it's not not just with uh there's not just something for the golfers there's something for everyone to do here between you know fitness and spa you've got the pool there's tubing skiing um obviously we're touching base on wedding venues Mm -hmm. and then you've got the pubs upstairs which the food and drinks they're fantastic if you are looking for any of that this is definitely a sort of one-stop shop in the area for it all what's really cool i don't know if you guys have ever done it or not because you're local but um like when you stay here all you have to do is ask the hotel desk and you, sometimes you have to sign a waiver depending on what they got going on but during the summer like you can walk up to the top of the huh. 
to the mountain. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a view. Yeah. Like, no kidding. You get a, a really pretty day. Yeah. Like it's, it's absolutely incredible. How now far that's, now that's a hike. I mean, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's definitely that, a little bit of hike. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is. That's cool. Though. You can do it though. That's, that's why they kind of make you sign a waiver. Just so absolutely. You know. yeah. yeah. So we do, we'll get like, we have, we've had some groups that come up here that'll do like a spiritual journey and they'll, they'll go out and walk around and they'll, oh, yeah. and that's one of the, the places where they'll go, <laughs> no go get in touch with well, their nature. So that's what I, I know just from skiing around here before there's a huge like kind of landing area up there and i don't know if there's like a mm -hmm. if you have like a snack bar or anything up at the top but yeah, there there's a huge like picnic area i guess up at the top and i always thought like when i skied here i was like well who uses that like that's a weird place for like no one's going to use it in the winter but i that's all i never you know all the years i lived here i never yeah, knew that you, you could just you walk to the top up there that's pretty sweet i'm amazed we haven't had somebody try to get married up there I know that, I mean, that is shocking. I think that there's probably some logistical issues, which is why we have not progressed to that point. Um, just because, you know, getting up is one thing, but getting back down is another. Yeah. Especially like on a lift, like the lifts are not really technically designed to go back around. Yep. <laughs> you get up to the top, you get off, and you come down <laughs> yeah. on your skis and your snowboard. And that's kind of how it's supposed to work. So, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, you know, you guys are young bucks. You can, you can, you can do it. You can make it on, but you, when you're talking about grandma, yeah, to your daughter. Yeah, that's a little dicey. Yeah, that had to be a real small, intimate wedding of yeah. like a group of five to yeah. to make that happen logistically. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's something that's pretty cool too, and it, it's funny. Like we talk about it all the time. It's like no matter how many times you've been places or have you know think you've experienced everything, it's like you you learn something new about even the places that are in your backyard. Like I'm sure we just did, uh, which is which is really neat, and I think why we love be able to put people you know, on the spotlight like this in, in smaller towns and, and get people's stories out there. Cause it's just so cool. Cause there's always something to learn. There's always people doing new things, whether it's, you know, you guys with the new facilities here and integrating new ideas and stuff like that. And I know Matt, who Matt deal, who we played with today um, is an awesome marketing guy for you, you guys. And is always, I'm sure thinking of new innovative ways to, to market and stuff like that. So um, it's just awesome to hear, you know, the new events that are going on within whatever areas of, of you guys, um, since I've since moved away, but one of the things they started doing a couple of years ago is just kind of color all the concerts on the mountain in the summertime. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they fire that grill out. Um, just a lot of local artists and stuff like that, but they try and do touch on different genres of music. I mean, you'll get like bluegrass one night. I mean, it'll be some country, maybe some classic rock. Yeah, that's cool. Like and you that. guys have like Singer the outdoor bar right? and everything out there, right? Yeah. So it's a yeah. They built that grill out there. It's, it's, honestly, it's where I got married. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> so that's very cool. Now it's uh, we always love to to think about it. It's just like golf can be integrated with so many different kinds of like events and you see the waste management putting on this huge like party display and then it seems like every big 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 golf event is putting on some sort of wednesday concert or you know tuesday wednesday concert it's like you got to make golf fun absolutely I mean, golf's a great game but the more you the more fun you make it the more you start to involve other people who might not necessarily you know you I, I just think of it this way, like, I mean, I've taken my families and stuff to watch tournaments. Like, I don't necessarily know if that was the case years and years ago. It might have just been people who are avid golfers. But, yeah. like you said, like, waste management, I'm, like, that's, what, that's like, what, on my bucket list party. now. That's like, a, I want to go to the waste management. That's you know? a buddy's bro trip now. Yeah. Like, you, you're not taking the wife and kids out no, to that. No, not that one. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's neat to see, like, I feel like finally the trickle-down effect is coming from that. And it's, like, people are seeing how much success they're having in the next generation at that event it's like 
well, we wouldn't have to make it like exactly like that event, but we can like kind of start taking hints from them and, and peel, peel away the pieces and, and start putting it in, into some of their own events. I kind of like what they're doing with the uh, tournament down in New Orleans with the two man where they Zurich. do walk up music and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I still think there are places they can go with that event to make it even better. Yeah. But like, that's a, they're getting kind of the idea. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be like the beach ball party in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. You know, like I don't yeah. necessarily need them, you know, starting to bong beers and stuff on the tee box. Right. But, you know, with the music playing and stuff and hitting tee shots. These guys are so good. They should be able to concentrate and listen to a song while they tee off. Absolutely. And I think you we know? just saw that at the President's Cup too. It's like when guys were in the moment off the first tee and pumping up the yeah. crowd and getting them going, it's like they thrive off of that almost. Like they're, they're professional athletes. It's like they're, they're at a point and it's just like anyone in an arena or the same kind of deal. It's like the louder the crowd gets, the more they get amped up. And, you know, all of a sudden the drive doesn't go 325, it goes 385. And it's like, yeah. and that's pretty neat. And I think there's a, there's a huge room for growth in that in the game of golf. And I know uh, Dante and I have had a lot of conversations with that, you know, off the podcast, but there's a, there's a movement to be made, I think, within, um, taking on, you know, the old man golf per se, and, and to bring it into the 21st century. And I, I think Dante, if you want to touch on that a little bit, you know, just kind of your thoughts on where, where you'd like to see the game go and, and what you'd like to see happen within uh, with kind of the new age. Yeah. In recent news, you know, you got Max Homa, PGA tour, you know, young guy coming up on tour, you know, really making a name for himself. People are sending videos to him and he's roasting them on Twitter. You know, that's getting the golf community together. And I think that's what's a great aspect of the game. I really think, and then that's where you see where, you know, other social media outlets are starting to pinpoint this, you know, old man golf where, you know, the older generation per se seems as if they're disappointed and they dislike what's going on with the game of golf. But, you know, in order to grow the game, you got to engage all levels. And it looks like our generation you know, from like 30s down to, you know, early 20s are really getting into the game. You know, they're coming out of college, you, you know, they play different sports and they're realizing that, you know, you can't like, like for me, for instance, I played lacrosse in college. So I, you know, once I, you know, I played, you know, high school and college. And once I graduated, I walked off the stage with my degree and then really like, well, well now what do I do? you know, on a competitive level and, you know, long story short, I found golf and, you know, started really putting a lot of my time and effort into the game and realized that's something I can play to, to the rest of my life. And I don't really need to rely fully on a full fledged team. So you, you know, you're, I feel like a lot of the younger generations are starting to drive and realize this and they're starting to get into the game of golf and, you know, things are changing, you know, we're, the younger generations are interested in a lot of things. They're a little bit more hip. They're a little bit, you know, they're engaging. Social media is a big aspect. And I feel like that's how you need to generate out to, to this younger generation of golf. And, you, and it's, it's growing the game. And that's where you want it to go. Sometimes you see if there's a fight, I guess you can say the old man versus, it's kind of the boomer millennial uh, fight as <laughs> yeah. okay, you know, i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> but to, to my point is you're seeing a lot of these clubs you know for memberships they're struggling for memberships but what they're doing is they're incorporating more young executive packages and kind of more pay for one get get three courses out of it and i really feel like that's the direction we need to go to in order to keep the game growing and to keep the game alive 
Absolutely. I think I think what you touched on perfectly was like why I'm moving clubs next year. Um, it, I love the place I was at, but the place that I'm going to it has for the same exact price a a deal where they own five different courses. And I'm basically when I when I sign up at the place that I'm going to be a member, I'm I'm basically having privileges at five courses. So it, it becomes a point where it's like a no-brainer to do something like that, I feel like, with, with maybe courses that uh, are under similar ownership or, or can do or have that privilege to do that kind of thing. And I think, uh, you know, kids in our age love the ability to not just be stuck at one place. Um, they love to kind of travel. They love seeing new places. And I think having that ability to not be stuck in it one particular golf course for the entire year is, is something that our generation is is taking advantage of with these young executive memberships yeah absolutely and that's something i can talk about too um i travel full-time play for a living so um getting a different change of scenery playing in a different environment um, that's huge in keeping interest um there's a lot you can learn from playing one course over many years i learned a lot at mountain view playing there for you know eight ten years straight every day ten hours a day mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot that can be learned in that time, but in order to grow as a golfer and to meet new people and to um, become the best version of yourself on the golf course, you've got to go play different courses, have different experiences, seeing, you know, different grasses. But, you know, you mentioned that you're moving to Glen Riddle Mm -hmm. and joining there, you're going to be a member at several other courses. Mm -hmm. Is that something that Carroll Valley has in association with other resorts in the area? Yeah, so one of the first things that we did – yeah, going back to that when Liberty purchased Carroll Valley, yep. you know we have our hotel guests that are coming, and you know I have some that want to play all their rounds here, which is great. You know we mm-hmm. love to keep people in house. It, you guys yeah, have played it; it's an awesome golf course. No doubt. But at the same time, you know just from my own personal experience, knowing you know the trips, the buddy trips that I was taking down to Myrtle Beach, some people want to be able to play different experiences. So one of the first things I did was try and reach out. Um, to the other facilities in the area and make the connections and see what we can do to partner. And at this point in time, if you come here, you can pretty much play any golf course in our area mm-hmm. as part of your stay. Very cool. So that, and then not only just for the hotel guests that are coming, but it's also even like members. Like, you know, we, yeah. it's all, I think I was in one uh, Golf Now Summit before they were golf now so it would have been for four reservations and they were talking this term this is the first time i'd ever heard it I and mean, i was just kind of getting back into the golf industry and i thought it was really cool they call it co-opetition so okay. golf courses they're they are you know competing against each other but they also there are avenues to cooperate at the same time so you can compete yet cooperate yeah i, I that i kind of took to heart and was like all right it's a good idea because if let's say the Lynx at Gettysburg is booked for a tournament. Well, that means that there are players who might want to be playing the Lynx that day that can't. Yep. Well, they might have an opening to play at our facility and vice versa. So. I think that's huge. And, and like you said, there's so many like corporate events nowadays and, and so many, and I don't know how your um, ratio is to like corporate events to regular play, but I feel like at least in our area, uh, we see a lot of it. And there's a lot of times where even, you know, members just can't get out on their own course a yeah. lot of days. And, um, it's it's nice to be able to open up that communication with with local courses because I think it just gives you the opportunity to keep everybody happy at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, whether it's sending someone off to you know, all right, just play this course today and we'll we'll bring you back in tomorrow, you know. And um, I think that's something that just makes it stronger of a experience for people who are coming in and the members that are in house. So um, I guess we've pretty much covered. I feel like a majority of uh, Carroll Valley for yep. the first half of this episode and um you know we are interviewing gavin green who's the uh chief operator of golf 
uh, operations here at Carroll Valley and at head professionals. So let's uh, love to get into a little bit of your background and kind of, you know, how you've gotten into the game and uh, see really where you've picked up a club and, and gotten back. You said you got back into yeah. golf a little bit. So um, where did you first pick up the game and, and kind of how did you first learn about the game of golf? Uh, I learned it from my dad. Yeah. You know, the clubs actually I played with, um, they were, you know, hand-me-downs from my grandfather, you know, and like basically it was an easy transition from baseball to golf. You know, I was at that age, I think I was around 12. Um, and it just, one, I wasn't getting much better at baseball. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, I don't think this is going to go much further for me. And two, what I really liked about golf is the fact that the balls weren't flying at me 75 miles an hour at this point in time. Absolutely. I love the fact that the ball stayed stationary on the tee and it's my job to hit it and not yeah. have the ball hit me. So it made it a real easy transition. Where we lucked out, um, yeah, I'm kind of local too. I'm from uh, Thurmont. So I'm right down the road in Frederick yeah. County, uh, down right across the border in Maryland. And one of the things that we did, which was really cool at our middle school, is they had kind of an activity period. And so you had to write down five different activities that you wanted to be involved in, and, you know, just because they couldn't always guarantee you'd get the first because, you know, they could only handle so much class sizes. But one of the ones was golf. And that was one of the ones that I put down and me and a couple of friends, we actually got into that activity period. So like every two weeks on that Friday, rather than going to class, you would go and the teacher would teach an activity. Nice. And the, uh, the one who actually did golf was um, the band director. We were all in band anyway. So it was kind of <laughs> cool. We got to go hang out, you know, with Mr. Osborne some more. Yep. And that's where we, uh, we would putt in the band room on the floor and stuff. And he introduced us to what a golf club was. And so from there, we're like, oh, you know, my, my dad plays golf and my buddy's dad plays golf. He's like, well, maybe they'll take us to the driving range. So from there, we go to the driving range, start pounding some balls around. And they're like, well, what's the golf course like? So then they take you out on the golf course. And honestly, I kind of fell in love with it from there. Heck yeah. No, we talked about that our last podcast. Um, it seems like there's very few schools that still do that as far as like getting kids into golf in general or, you know, sports. It seems like phys ed classes are, are more based around like your dodgeball kick, you know, maybe a little football, baseball. But um, I think it'd be really cool to see schools making sure that kids get a feeling for golf and, and something along those lines, too, because it's I feel like pretty might be inexpensive for school expenses, you know, as, as equipment goes to, to get some kids into it. And I, I think it would be really cool to see more programs popping up yeah. in like that middle school age, like you were talking about to, to get kids at least introduced to it. They have a pretty cool program called snag. Are you guys familiar with that? Starting new at golf. Um, a guy kind of designed it. Um, it involves like a lot of like tennis balls and Velcro and targets and pyramids. And it's kind of a, it's a way to introduce the game to kids. It's almost would be, I mean, it doesn't have to be just kids. You could, you could use it to introduce it to anybody, sure. but it helps to kind of develop from some of the skill motor movement that you require on the golf swing. And then from there you're introducing, you know, ball and stick sports and, but it is kind of a really neat program. And I remember when I saw it out in San Diego, I was like, this would be awesome to get in the schools and to get it into the, you know, the PE program, if you could, uh-huh. You know, so because like you guys remember, you're doing, you know, you have scooter dodgeball for these two weeks <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. move on to floor hockey for these two weeks. Yeah. You know, if you could somehow get golf in for two weeks with snag, I think that would be one great way to grow the game to kids. But then 
I think that would be the, the way that you need to go because you can't just give them a golf club and a ball and be like, here you go, man. God help us all. I mean, <laughs> phone balls or not, someone's yeah. getting hurt with yeah. a with a golf club just that could, that swinging in midair. <laughs> that could get real ugly real quick. So. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty cool, and I think we're going to have to look into that a little yeah. more. Yeah. I'm I've never heard of it. Look at Snag, man. It's snag. pretty sweet. Very cool. That no, sounds like something uh, I would do. Yeah, yeah just absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing we didn't touch base on is the simulator room that was added in the, in yeah. the clubhouse there. That's fantastic. I used that for a couple. Yes, of you did. Yeah, that uh, was very entertaining. I was, was going to say Isaiah, the, the, numbers, the team ball, <laughs> the numbers he has to put up on a freaking machine, man. Uh, to just watch the swing speeds and stuff uh, like that. The I ball mean, speed was absolutely mind blowing for me. I was just like, you know, Phil and I. When I was talking about Phil was the. Uh, the former pro here for right. the institution here at, at the facility. And we did watch it. And Phil would look at us, and I love this quote, and I'm going to give him credit for it because I use it all the time. Isaiah plays chess. We play checkers. <laughs> <laughs> it is a different game. You know, it, it looks the same, but it is not the same game. You said that on, this, on the 13th tee today when we were playing. He hit a drive that just seemed like it stayed in the air for ages like I could have ordered a coffee gotten a coffee drank coffee and it still would have been in the air but I was super happy to know that I chased him down was only about a yard yes. behind him after was, you said that I was so impressed so, you know what I had one good drive today and it was that one yep. so I'll take it and run with it because it's not too many times I get to chase down this kid and actually keep up with him off the tee box that was sweet <laughs> but you know getting back into that simulated room a little bit do you see a lot of uh, a lot of people utilizing that when they stay here yeah so we we have actually seen that grow a lot over the past couple of years that was one of the things that we kind of lobbied in on the golf side to get in sure. when they built this new building um we actually kind of grabbed the idea from golf 364 if you guys are familiar um dante i might dante are you a new yorker Philly. I'm right outside of Philly, but I've uh, I know of Golf uh, 364. Yeah, Actually, they come to, yep, yep, 100%. Yeah, they have uh, that Golf Expo every year in uh, January, February, whenever it is, up by the uh, Oaks. Yeah, the Oaks, yeah, the uh, Golf yep. I'll be there. I, uh, we go there every year, me and my dad. We go there every year because uh, we need something to do because at that time it's just a little too cold unless you get like that one or that one or two days where it's like 40. <laughs> But yeah, we go there every year. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, def we'll probably be there again, so I'll, I'll stop by the tent. There you go, man. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Golf 364. Um, Kyrie started, like, they, they turned, Linfield National ended up turning the car barn into a simulator bar. Wow. And we went and saw it, and we are like, well, this is awesome. You know, it, it has bar service, and they can go in, and you can basically play you know, all winter. So we wanted to do something like that. One, to offer hotel guests, because not everybody skis. Over time, like I know, I can speak for me personally. Like my kids, once they were old enough to be able to go on the mountain without my supervision, without me having to be on the mountain with them, I've been on set. Like, I'm not. That's not really my yeah. thing. So, so for me, if I'm taking them to this mountain, like I would love to be able to go and you know bang balls for an hour. So that was cool. Um, we have started to run leagues out of it, which is kind of cool. We do a, a ghost man style league. So you don't have to be here a certain time. You know, you just have to get your nine holes in one time during the week. And then I do a stable for scoring system kind of deal, payout skins and stuff like that. Very cool. But then it's also good for, and what Isaiah used this a lot, is working on your swing. You know, 100%. As far as that goes, what I really like about, you know, when I, when I watch a lot of amateurs on a driving range, like the number one mistake they make is that they just bank ball after ball after ball. They don't ever take any time to, to stop, think, 
what just happened? What did I do? What am I working on to cause it? How am I going to improve this? They just hit ball and ball and ball. And what's nice about the simulator is because of the way that it works with the numbers flashing up and you know going through everything, like it causes you to stop between each shot. Yep. Yeah, so that's what's actually, nice about hitting. You it. actually have to look at the numbers and see what you did, and I'm sure like the usually most simulators have the tracer too, so you're really mm -hmm. actually getting to watch the full effect of the golf shot and then yeah. seeing why it happened that way. So I, I've always loved simulators for the same reason. It's just like it's it's letting you realize what is compounding to go into it and not just, well, maybe I bet my wrist the wrong way that time. It's like, no, well, your club face was however many degrees closed and this ball mm -hmm. speed was different and you know yeah. it's the it's the it's all the numbers which golf nerds like us just love watching on the yeah, screen every yeah, day exactly. <laughs> no I, I beg and plead with my wife that whenever we sell the house and buy the next one that i we have enough space that i can put a simulator 100 percent. I, <laughs> I rent now and anytime i'm looking at like possible houses i'm like mm, but can a simulator go yeah, in there how high is that ceiling <laughs> yeah. and how big is this room yep i can do it absolutely <laughs> So, so I guess when, when you guys did see this new, you know, facility come together, um, were you the pro before this, like this whole facility was here? And then if you were, what kind of changes did you see from like the golf pro side of things once this new facility was built? Um, Phil had retired as the head professional, um, I want to say in December of 2015. It kind of made the transition. Okay. Um, now he's still around. Like, it would, I can't imagine what it'd be like not to have him still around. Absolutely, here. yeah. Um, but yeah, he had retired from the official duties of having to, you know, log the hours in as far as mm -hmm. the head pro work goes. So, but I had already, I would have been working with him. I had actually already started in the PGM program at that point in time, the associate program, because um, I was running the the hotel experience here for gotcha. the guests. I was in charge of the golf group sales mm -hmm. before transitioning to that role. Okay. And now what, around what year was that? That, that you was were, 2015, I 2015. Guess. Yeah, it would have been December 2015 gotcha. when I transitioned. Cool. And then where did you go through that PGM program? So I did the associate program. Mm -hmm. Now they do have the PGM program that you can take at the accredited universities they work with. I'm pretty certain Liberty is one, right? Yeah. Is Liberty um, one? I don't think Liberty is, but many, many yeah. people offer it. I know Camel's one. Um, University of Maryland Eastern Shores actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have a huge program. Yeah. We we see a lot of guys um, just around the like local courses and nutters and stuff like that that are constantly out there playing and have the you know the Maryland bags and stuff like that. And yeah, they have a thriving program yeah. down there. The uh, the adjunct um, professor because I just finished my level three actually um, down at Port St. Lucie. He, it was funny we were on the range and I looked over and saw his jacket and noticed he had a UMES. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, what did you do? And he's like, yeah, that's one of the places that he's been and taught at. Coastal very Carolina has a real big one. Yes, they do. That's huge. Florida Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Very familiar with that one only because my daughter's, or I'm sorry, stepdaughter's looking to go into school at Florida Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the things that I enjoyed about touring that campus yeah. was checking out their uh, their uh, um, PGM program that yeah. they had associated. Yeah. Now, because I had already gone to school and got my degree, I am I did what, what they call the associate program. Um, you have to take a playing test, you have to pass a rules exam, and then from there you, you basically enroll with the PGA. And it, when I went through the system, through the program, it was their level two, mm -hmm. and it was broken into three different levels. I'm sorry, it was the PGM 2.0, because they just un unveiled the PGA uh, 3.0, which is three levels, level one, two, and three. So I just was doing the, the third level, actually. I just finished up my last final seminar over down in Port St. Lucie. Very so. cool. 
No, that's um that's something I think a lot of people don't realize is like there's a million ways to get into the oh, yeah. PGM program and whether it's like you said the the full you know process of of getting you know going right from high school in into the program or you know you can start it at really any age. Uh, when did you kind of go? What what at what age did you get into the PGM program from like the hotel and golf sales side of things? It would have been 2013 is when I started, and let me think about this. I was born in '82, which made me 31 years old. <laughs> That's I was awesome. 31 when I started it. Yeah. I was actually um, I was a government politics major, you know, at that University of Maryland. I thought I wanted to go in and run for you know office yeah, and be a congressman. Yeah. And then after about my junior year, I'm like, man, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> um, from there, I, had, I was actually working at an engineering firm, um, working on traffic collection data and transition hated that too i remember talking to my dad i'm like this is miserable like i'm in a cubicle and i got fluorescent lights in my head i haven't seen the sunlight in forever like i'm i'm driving at that point in time i was commuting down to ellicott city from thermo i'm like this is i'm stuck in the car and in traffic yeah and he's like, well, just quit. And I just looked at him like, what do you mean? Like, just quit. Yes, find an option? <laughs> what? Go find something else you want to do. I was like, well, okay. So I ended up quitting, got a job working maintenance, golf maintenance, at, because I was like, you know what? I want to get in the golf. Um, working golf maintenance at Musket Ridge down outside of yeah. Middletown. Mm-hmm. Played there. Nice track. Yeah, Absolutely. Real, real nice track. Yeah. That was the best part of that. I mean, great. Yeah, I'm a college graduate who just gave up my job where I'm actually able to provide rent and everything for yeah. now, you know, cutting grass. But at the same yeah. time, that was sweet. Like, I mm-hmm. would be done work at two, would play 18 holes, wasn't married at the yeah. time. You know, come back home and like wash, rinse, and repeat every single day. I spent uh, I spent summers in between college working up uh, at Elmhurst Country Club in uh, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and uh, there we are, lights back on, baby. There you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, to, to be done by like one thirty, two o'clock, like you said, and have one of the nicest golf courses in Northeastern PA, and just go out and play golf. It was it's a great gig, especially like you said, when you're single and have no no uh, commitments. That have is, at it. That's definitely one of the perks of the job. So from there, from the maintenance, I had actually already made a connection and was still trying to, they were kind of opening up a position at Glade Valley. And once they offered me that job, I started there, um, spent three years and actually had started the PGA, their 1.0 program, their initial associate program. Yeah. And then from there, after three years, ended up taking a, a small career detour, um, I, well, we'll be honest. I lost my job. <laughs> so that's, that's what they call a detour. <laughs> yep. uh, make sure you always get along with everybody you work with. Just a, <laughs> just a word to the wise out there. Um, took the first job I could. You, know, you have bills. You got to support it. And was Absolutely. working at a winery up in a local Adams County winery. Yeah. And it was actually, of all things, you know, I was young, dumb, hanging out, partying all the time. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I spent three years working for a retired colonel who worked in the um, Judge Advocate General program. She was, she was a, an army lawyer, yep. and her husband was the lieutenant colonel and did artillery. And just honestly, three years of just the experience of maturity, learning, you know, responsibility and, you know, accountability was, it was absolutely life-changing. So there, there were, don't get me wrong, it wasn't like it was the greatest place to work as far as there were some difficulties, mm-hmm. just like any job, but I learned a lot now, you know, in debt forever for that job from what I learned. Mm-hmm. And from there, I also, because of what I was doing, which was marketing and sales, I had met the director of sales for Liberty Mountain. Mm-hmm. And so when they bought 
Carol Valley was in the paper. I happened to run into her like two weeks later at the Gettysburg Bluegrass Festival. I was <laughs> like, hey, you know, I would love to get back into the golf industry. You know, if, if anything opens up, then you know, I've just let me know. She like reached out to me maybe like a month later and was like, hey, you know, we are going to be opening up the sales position, you know, that will basically be coordinating our hotel program with the golf. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. And so ended up. <laughs> yeah, interviewed for it. Yeah. I, I was actually offered the job when I was at my best friend's uh, wedding. We were out playing golf the day before. I was on the golf course when I took the call and when he offered me the, the job. The best place to accept yes. a golf job. Oh, yeah. It was, it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> That's so fantastic. I took that job. That was 2010. I've been here ever since. August That's 21st, awesome, 2010. Man. It's crazy. Coming it's, up on my 10th season. It's funny how, you know, so many people talk about that, like the way you phrased it, of just being stuck in a cubicle and, and just feeling like, man, it's like, you know, I can't do this. And, and some people love it and some people love the, the nine to five and, and to do it. But there's a lot of people that just feel like, man, I'm just not, I'm not fit for it. This isn't, this isn't what I want to do is just sit in a desk all day. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to know that there is, if you want to go do something else, there's always that opportunity. It, I think. it really is. My, my stepson, he's a, uh, He's a junior in college right now, so he's coming up on that where he's about to, you know, he's about to be welcome to the world, and he's nervous because yeah. he's like, well, I don't know what I want to do, I don't, and that's right. I keep trying to tell him, man, you're not stuck. Never. You are not stuck. Yep. You know, you 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 are the one who creates your own destiny. You just need to go find something that makes you happy and just continue to do it. So absolutely, and it, and that's and that's what's cool and why we've gotten into this is. Uh, and, and not even to turn it into a job, but I just think to offer another opportunity for us to just do something during the day that we love to do and to to get stories out of people from the golf side of things and even maybe a little more. And um, I know we've both grown up in the game of golf, and, and Dante's found the golf game here pretty recently within the last two or three years and found a true passion for it. So it's just it's awesome to be able to see, like, I mean – how quickly we just jumped into this and said, yeah, let's, let's just do it. Like, I think the, the biggest hurdle for most people, I feel like is just saying the initial, all right, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Once you get going and get rolling, the balls, the balls easily just on a crash course and you're just, you just got to keep up with it at that point, you know? And I think uh, it's cool to see a lot of people, including yourself that just kind of took that leap and said, I want to get into it. So let's see how we can make it happen. I absolutely love it, man. I, this is Phil. T Phil and I talk about it all the time, and you know, we work at a golf course. Like when I, there's never a day that I wake up that I'm not like, yeah. oh man, I don't want to go to work. Like, I what a wretched I place go to, to go, to go work. Golf yeah, course, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's funny. It's one of the things. Like one of my favorite smells is the smell of fresh cut grass. You and, and me like, both. So you're, when you come, when you roll to a golf course in the middle of summer. And you know, you're out there in the morning. You can hear the mowers going oh, and stuff. Yeah. Like it's it, it it's the best, at least as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, it's each his own. You know, everybody hey, everybody hey, has their own thing. But I know a lot of our me. listeners will attest to that. I love the smell of fresh cut grass, yeah. and especially when I was growing up playing a game and had no worries in the world, and I was out there with this kid, and the first thing in the morning, we were following the mowers off yeah. one. That's just awesome, man. Yeah. I, I don't care who you are. That's just that's a great feeling to have. Um, it's just. Uh, it's it's neat to know that those kind of professions are out there. Now you guys uh, with the marketing department who who we played with today with Matt Deal have a yep. little YouTube series that you've started. Yeah. Uh, do, do you guys get into any of that like like nice fresh cut grass uh, smell on on the on the YouTube series? And uh, I think it's called the whole nine yards. And kind of take us through what got that started and and how how you guys enjoy doing that. So I don't mind saying this. It's okay. I'll take the the uh, the pushback from Emma and Matt, but. <laughs> Well, I've noticed in my years of working with people in marketing, golfers 
they don't mind, you know, when they have to open the shop at six o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, five o'clock. Those hours we, we're used to it. Yeah. The marketing door doesn't open <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning. That, that doesn't happen. So you were, we're usually waiting till mid morning before we get out there. Yeah. But no, they have been an absolute blast. Unfortunately, I gotta I gotta give some uh, some props to Emma Kennett. I, I hope I said your name right, Emma. I don't know. I've never actually said it before. <laughs> just Emma. Um, Emma's the behind-the-scenes coordinator for us. Sure. She's the one who's been taking all our videos. She also comes up with a lot of the ideas. Um, her and Matt have just been an absolute blast to work with. They kind of came on together. Um, you know, marketing, golf, it, it, I'm not going to whine or complain about it. But it's tough being a golf you know, course at a ski resort. You know, like the ski resort is the big driver of the business. So mm -hmm. to get, you know, people to, to, to pay a little bit of attention to us every once in a while sometimes it, it can be kind of tough just and which understandably so they got bigger fish to fry um, but the one thing that we have had with Matt and Emma has just been an awesome relationship and like so they came to us about it they were like yeah we kind of want to do this we do this thing on the mountain you know mountain minute it's, it's a lot of fun we'd like to do it for golf and I remember sitting there in the meeting being like, oh, I mean, okay, but I guess I'm not gonna turn a you know, gift horse in the mouth. So if they wanna do something, we'll do it. And after the very first video, I was like, this is, this is dope. Let's do this, yeah, this, this is cool, man. What's, what's our schedule, what are we doing? Just the, the hardest part at this point in time is just trying to come up with ideas every single time. Yeah. But well, I tell you what, you guys have hit it out of the park so far. I know I, I, uh, I got hooked on watching. I didn't know you watched it or had made those videos until we, we kind of set up this uh, whole day. And uh, it was just hilarious <laughs> listening through those those uh, those updates of what the golf course is looking like and little swing yeah. tips and stuff like that. And, and my favorite, for anyone who hasn't seen it, go check it out, The Whole Nine Yards by Liberty Mountain Resort. Um, it's a pretty neat little uh, spoof on some on some golf tips and uh that you might find one where uh he's kind of chilling in some beachwear in a in a bunker and helping a guy figure out his his bunker game but uh it's a it's a pretty neat little video and, and a series which everyone should go check out <laughs> yeah it, it, it has been a lot of fun we're uh we're looking forward to uh to next year i'm trying to get matt to do a new segment because the big key when you have these videos is to find out if people are actually paying attention sure <laughs> is anybody actually watching so we're always trying to come up with an idea like what can we do that we can increase the participation with you know with the viewer and, and see if they're out there paying attention. I'm trying to convince Matt to do it for next year, but I wanna I'm real big on doing like movie references and movie quotes <laughs> and stuff. And like yeah. Matt, we should just throw in a reference in every single episode and just put it on the bottom. Whoever you know makes a comment of what movie or what song or what TV show we just referenced. Yeah. You know, we'll do like a round of golf for them or Love it. like a promo in the restaurant or something that we can do at the resort, try and get that participation mm -hmm. up. I'll just give you a little hint, man. We did a, a speed drill, and the whole time, all I kept thinking in my head was they just come out with the new Top Gun preview. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking of Top Gun. I'm like, this would be perfect, Matt. You're Goose. I'm Maverick. Right. We feel the need for speed. Absolutely. Let's, let's see if anybody out there knows what the heck we're talking about. Boy, you're speaking my language. Yeah. Top Gun is my favorite movie yeah. like of my childhood. That thing is – I could replay that on end on end and not get sick of it. <laughs> Between that and Cocktail, I didn't know who I wanted to grow up to be more. <laughs> the bartender or the fighter pilot? Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. So I think, you know, as we wrap up here, one thing we always ask people is uh, a little fun segment, uh, your highest and lowest competitive round, where they came and uh, how you kind of fought through that worst round and the feeling you had when you, when you shot your lowest round. So start off with whichever one you feel most comfortable with first. Um. My lowest competitive round, I don't, like I said, I mean, I'm playing checkers. I'm not playing just like <laughs> you guys, so it would be hard to think of the lowest competitive round. Maybe one of my PAT rounds. I shot 73 in my second of the PAT to 
to pass my player ability test awesome. for the PGA. Yeah. So that was kind of sweet. Like the, yeah. the amount of relief on that. The hardest part about the PAT is playing to a number, which it doesn't sound like. Like you hear the number. I think you had to at the where when I passed mine. I think it was a 77, 76, or 77, 77. It's like a 154 for mm -hmm. the 36 holes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if you're a good golfer, it doesn't sound like much, but it's amazing how many people don't pass it because when you're standing on the 15th hole and now you only have, you know, three bogeys to go and then you double that next hole, <laughs> like the, the amount of pressure that comes on is, Absolutely. is, is intense for your, you know, good golfer. Um, so that's, that would probably be that. The, the worst is easy. The worst, I'm going back to high school. We all started getting into this, into this game. <laughs> You know, we're all freshmen, and my group of friends that I grew up playing with, which is the reason why I play. And, you know, our high school team wasn't the greatest, so we, as freshmen, we, we played. Like, we were part of the six that would go. Yeah. And I remember going to a regional tournament, and I did one of the worst things you could ever do. My dad let me borrow his clubs. You know, they were nicer clubs. He's like, you can borrow mine. So I'm playing with clubs I've never played before. I'm playing this golf course that I've never played before. Yikes. I'm not that good anyway. So it's just a perfect storm. I ended up shooting, I don't know the exact number at this point in time, but I know it was plus 120. Like I'm thinking it was like 122, 123 Beautiful. around that. And I, remember just, I remember just getting on the bus and just putting my head down. Like what in the world just happened out there? Right. Like you're looking back and you're like, man, I did everything possible wrong yeah, today. That was easy. The, the, the worst round. I do. I'll never forget that. The feeling. After that, that round of golf, but you know it's funny. Keep it between ourselves and between people we've had on the podcast already. It's funny how easy the worst round comes to mind. Everyone has said that so yeah. far. It's been like, yeah, oh yeah, worst round. I know it. Like, I, it just comes to head so easy. And I don't know whether it's just golf puts that stain in your brain so quick of you know when it was just that bad. And um, but it's funny how we all kind of recollect on the on the on the wrong ones on the yeah. bad ones so quickly. <laughs> it is. That's why golf's such a mental game. I remember the first time I ever got the shanks was uh, hole number eight at Glade Valley. Yeah, sorry I said that out there. <laughs> I was this close to having one of that one eighteen today. Yeah. My God, oh, it just <laughs> shivers up my spine. <laughs> hole number eight at Glade Valley, and I could never play the hole the same after that. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like, oh, you, absolutely. You, like you, no matter how many great shots you may have hit in your lifetime at that hole once you hit that one there i'll never like even now when i step up on that hole i'm like oh god like i'm adjusting my swing to try and not do this it's crazy how that works such a mental game it's such a mental game oh my goodness we talk about it a lot too whether it's the confidence factor or just the having the mental game for for this game to be successful and it's like the minute something creeps into your head and we think, you know, obviously I think amateurs deal with it the most because they, they struggle more than anyone else. But to convince yourself over whether it's a drive or a wedge shot that it's just not going to go haywire and, you know, the million swing thoughts that you need to have to put it all together, if you miss one, it's just gone. Is like it's incredible that, you know, amateurs can piece together good rounds yeah. when there's so much going on in their heads. So uh, it's, uh, it's funny that, that it seems like that worst round always just – peckers at you a little, <laughs> a little more than that most. Was easy. That was easy to, easy to answer that question. Absolutely. Man, well, I, hey, I think that'll just about wrap us up here. I think we've been on here for just close to an hour. So, uh, it, Gavin, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, yeah. and uh, thank you so much for having Thanks us for having out. Me, man. Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasure playing today, and, man, we've been blessed with, 
good weather today. I didn't know yeah. December 23rd we were going to get out to play as well. So When you sent me that email, the first thing I did was check the weather. I'm like, when does he want to play? Well, so it was I funny. Was Before I sent the email, I checked the weather because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to sound like a crazy idiot that wants to get everyone out when it's 20 degrees. I was like, I'll at least make sure we're being in the realm of possibility here. But uh, we, we got blessed and, and got some great content and uh, got to play some golf today, which is always the, the great end-all, end be-all of, of – uh, any of our days, if we can get out and play golf, it's a good day. Hey, Dante, so you said you came on the trip with your dad here. What's the last name? No, I actually came out with a couple of buddies of mine from the course I played at. Uh, I don't remember the last name, but off the top of my head, I think his name was Vinny. Does that name ring a bell? When would you think you would have come? We would have came, it was, I, it was mid-September. Vinny Barlotti, baby. Yeah, yeah. Love that guy. I love that guy. Customer yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, he's great. He's uh, down at, uh, I think he's down at Stone Harbor, uh, down in like the Egg Harbor Township area in New Jersey. Yeah. More towards the Atlantic City area. Yeah, he was, he was great. So a buddy of mine, Dave, actually – he introduced me to the trip. He, so him and I are members at uh, Running Deer okay. down in uh, Pittsgrove, Pilesgrove, New Jersey, uh, you know, Southern New Jersey, Ron Jaworski-owned course, you know, and I, I met up with him when I joined, and every year he talked about, yeah, we go on this trip to Carroll Valley, man. It's a blast. It's a blast. Great group, group of guys. You know, you got to go, you got to go. And, you know, that year I went, I think it was 2017, you know, I had the opportunity to go, and I'll tell you what, it was a blast. I mean, the golf was great. The guys were great. The hospitality was phenomenal. We stayed at the lodge, and yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal. I remember going into – one day I was so sore from playing all that golf. I was, they went out and played more, and I was I was, I was like, I'm taking a break. And you they, up the hot tub? The hot tub. I went in the pool. I was shooting yeah. hoops for an hour. <laughs> Ooh. I was like, this is great. I was like, it's phenomenal because you get the, you get that resort, you get that you get that basically mountain lodge uh, feel, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go play nine or eighteen, depending on how I went. Yeah, it was. And then we had like some steak dinner near the end. We they put us in a room. Oh, oh that meal was phenomenal because all they did was talk about the meal. They're like, can't can't wait till the meal. Can't wait till the meal. I'm like, all right, well, here's this meal. And, I'll tell you what, yeah, it was a great meal. It was definitely a great trip. It sounds like we're booking this trip for 2020. I'm telling you. I mean, like, I'm a local, but it sounds like I need to stay here and get the experience because it sounds pretty phenomenal. And I need to see Vinny. Vinny sounds like a guy, the way he reacted – I knew. I, knew, I, I need. Said, I need in on once that. Once you said Vinny, I'm like, it's got to be Barlotti. Yeah, and I once need you it. said mid-September. To live by Vinny told me, he told me this. He goes, I never have a bad shot. He goes, my, he goes, the only thing is my towards is off. He goes, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he goes, I hit it towards the tree. I hit it towards the water. You know, my towards is off. That's, 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 that is exactly what Vinny would sound like. Oh too. my like, God, I love it. That's spot on impersonation. Well, I tell you what, the walks, uh, we're, we're joining Vinny in 2020. Tell him to book the trip now. We're in. He's already booked. All right. So, oh, oh, he books before he leaves. That's beautiful. beautiful. I, love I love it. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I tell you what. Great. Anyone, uh, anyone coming out? It, trust, trust Vinny's uh, expertise in book a trip here at Carroll Valley. <laughs> Even if you don't book one here, for all your listeners out there, if you don't take a trip, like you really should 
Get some get oh, some yeah. buddies together. Get a group of girls, whatever, and go out and make a golf trip, man. I, I do it with, with my group. Um, it's all my high school buddies. Like we call ourselves the Catoctin Cup. So I do a Ryder <laughs> Cup every year. Yep. Every, I'm sorry, every other year. So senior year, like on the uh, even years with the Ryder Cup, we're doing. Like I'm already booked. We're going to um, the show. Well, it'll be out near you, Vinny. We're doing to the Shawnee Inn. Okay, yeah. Poconos. Yeah, in 2020. Oh, yeah. So that's where our trip is. Yeah. So we do. 30, we're doing 27, 36, 36. Very cool. So we stay that's, three that's nights. The, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I uniform sport and everything. I work through my Adidas wrap. Like, oh, I got my man. logo that I attach to it. Yeah. Um, like, we do, I do two pairs of shorts, two shirts, a pullover. Um, I, I wrap prize money into it. The whole know, I got glassware. We play ulti-shot, two-man scramble, two-man best ball, two-man best ball, another Absolutely. singles round. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's the one thing, if you talk to all my guys, yeah, yeah, we're all married with kids. Yeah, we, we, those are the best days of our lives. You're the days your kids are born, the day you get married. But the best of the year, if you ask some of these guys, they would be honest with you, like when they go on the golf trip. Because the golf trip is, everybody out there should do it. You don't necessarily have to come to my resort as much as I'd love you to, but you should you should go on a golf trip. Absolutely. I, I think just like we'll branch on it. I love getting into that topic. I love buddy trips. We took, we took a trip uh, my – fifth year of college so I was out of the golf program so I had a little more leniency where I could go spring break trip wise we went down to Myrtle Beach uh, six of us guys uh, ended up being two threesomes which is really cool because we kind of swapped the threesomes every day everyone was paired with new partners and we just did threesome versus threesome and points at the end of the like we kind of yeah. did a cup style and oh my god it was so much fun and then you get put up in these awesome venues most of these resorts where you're doing trips to just have awesome venues they have awesome housing they have awesome food I mean they just they put you up and they give you a great experience let alone the competitive golf just between your buddies and the, the shit talk that goes on and all that oh, yeah. it's, it's a good time and like you you said it's it ends up being the highlight of the year plain and simple I, I, i'm sorry but we're gonna go along but i gotta tell the story because it's just too good i'm in <laughs> so my buddy james the skill level on this trip you know we are all over the place and so we went to heritage hills for so when i do the Ryder cup the odd years i just do i call it the invitational and we just play different games and so one of the games i always like to play i call it a red white and blue so I'll, I'll do a deck of cards, and I'll flip through, and you'll do six from the red tee, six from the white, six from the blue. They're all randomly drawn. Um, there you go, late. Come on. So yeah. like, you might be playing different tees than your, than your guys that are still in your group. Everybody has different tees, all based on the draw. Well, this is going to be the first round that we play the first day, but we're all staying the night before. We're going to Heritage Hills in York. Mm -hmm. and we're boozing it up the night before. It is a late night, and for my one buddy, it got even later with I, what I believe was a bottle of Tito's in the room with some of the other guys. I think he was up oh, yeah. till 4 o'clock in the morning drinking <laughs> Tito's, and we were teeing off at 7.30. And he is one of the last people to the tee, and he also happens to be the worst golfer of the group. Love you, James, if you're out there, buddy. But he's bad. At least he was bad. He's gotten much better. But he had the draw where he had to play from the tips on the 10th tee at Heritage Hills. With if you are not familiar. That's not an easy shot. Yeah, no, it's not only is it not an easy shot, <laughs> but you're, you're almost in the parking lot. You're by the putting and you are yeah. in front of everybody. Yep. And he had to step up there and hit this ball. And it was funny. I, my buddy Robbie White got it on video. He 
damn near shanked the ball into the little row of trees there on the right-hand side. <laughs> he picked up, he's like, yep, that's it, and just walked on, got in the cart, and we were like, all right, we'll just drop you up there somewhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll drop you too. We'll, we'll, we'll put you three up there somewhere away from people. See, now that is the scary part that you do have to watch yourself on buddies' trips. Drinking well into the morning oh. is an easy thing to do, a thing that you should expect to do, but keep in mind, 7.30 a.m. tea times come to bite you in the <laughs> yeah. ass sometimes. And when you're at a resort that it needs to fire those tea times yeah. out, there's no being late on this on those no. tea times, man. Get on the box. Yeah. Hit the ball. Easiest way I can say to make that tea time is make yourself a nice little mixed drink, either with orange juice or whatever you drink in the morning, <laughs> and just that's the best way to bite the dog is just – <laughs> Keep on keeping on. <laughs> oh, man. Great time. Absolutely. No, the buddies trips are always a must, and, and I think you know we can all attest to that. It's, uh, it's a fun time and a highlight of the year. Cool. So, Dante, you got any, any buddies trip stories? Uh, there's some Carroll Valley ones, but I don't know if uh, I should uh, <laughs> say much. <laughs> um, no, for, but I'll tell for, for the For the safety of all involved, I'll let you <laughs> off the hook there. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, besides the last Hawaii trip, every, every vacation or trip I've done in the past five years has all been golf buddies trips. So that just kind of, I think, speaks for itself on how fun they are uh, but i definitely think if you're doing a buddy's trip golf eat golf that same day repeat yep that's I mean, my I idea always think the more the merrier to that too if you can oh 100 percent golf trip get them because it's yeah and if you can if you can do that on it the better it is oh 100 if you can do that rider cup style or you know you can flip teams and whatnot that's definitely the best way to do it. I haven't experienced that full full type trip yet, uh, besides the Carroll Valley trip. But yeah, if you can get like a group of like twelve guys or something like that, you'll you'll have a blast. Absolutely. Now that's uh, I'm, I'm glad we touched on that topic because that's just one thing that has seemed to make itself into my schedule every year no matter if i feel like i have the time for it or not so um i think all of our listeners can appreciate what we just kind of went through and and hopefully are in the process of getting on your computers and booking it now because uh or at least texting your buddies and getting them all together because it's definitely something that you all need to do yeah, <laughs> definitely so without without further ado i think we'll wrap it up and uh like like we said thanks again gavin for having us and uh liberty mountain has has truly been a, a great experience for us today and i know is always uh top notch especially with the new facilities so uh thanks for having us and and uh as always guys enjoy the walk that uh, was a lot of fun yeah man enjoy the walk take care guys One shot at a time.